0: Hey friends, welcome back to the Way of the Master podcast with uh, Tom Johnston here. And just wanted to say, hey, thanks for giving me a couple of weeks off. I wish I could say that I was on vacation, but it was more about just dealing with stuff in life and local ministry. But I'm back. And so episode 21, we're going to continue our series called The Urgent Need. And this is part three. And the focus of today's uh, discussion is... Redefining the pastoral task, as we've been talking about in the past uh, few sessions, that there is an urgent need for more and better pastors to pastor existing churches and also to church plant. And so, with that, uh, what I've uh, brought forward so far is the fact that those pastors need to be raised up and and developed in a local church setting, and that. Um, There is not enough bandwidth in Bible colleges and seminaries to produce all the pastors that are needed to reach our culture. And so with that, uh, we're going to continue our discussion about what it means to be a pastor, uh, because I think that informs the developmental process. So what are we we trying to develop people towards as a pastor? And uh, in the classical um, uh, training process, it's more been about making them theologians, uh, and giving them skills to do certain historic tasks, uh, preaching, uh, some teaching, uh, kind of chaplaincy tasks, but not a lot of development around disciple-making. In fact, most of the pastors that I have encountered in the past 30 years were not discipled themselves, let alone Uh, taught how to disciple others. Now there are some that have and some that were, and I was one of those that was discipled from a young age, Uh, but primarily it's because I sought it out. And so that's not normatively the case. So part of what we have to rethink is what a pastor does. So what's the pastoral task? And when I think about this, I go back to part of the irreducible core of loving God, loving others, making disciples, great commandments, and great commission Matthew twenty two, Matthew twenty-eight. In Matthew twenty-eight, in the Great Commission, Jesus says this In all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And now this is the key. Verse 19 Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So the imperative, as we know in the Greek And that passage is not uh, on the go, but on the make disciples. So as we go into all the world, as we go through life, as we go every day, the main job of ministry is making disciples of Jesus Christ. And quite honestly, Sunday mornings are not the most powerful place to do that. Now, I think there's a very important role and depending on how you do what you do, uh, in a worship celebration on a weekend uh, or on some other night of the week or day of the week, how you do that is key and it plays an important role. But that's not the end of it. That there needs to be an understanding that the pastor's first and foremost role is to make disciples for Jesus, which requires an entirely different approach from what we've been uh, kind of taught historically. And it's because the way that we've been developed uh, through Bible college and seminary, and, you know, I've been to seminary, so I, I know what that's like. We've been taught pretty much to be professors, uh, people who give lectures. And while there is some training in practical ministry and some training in discipleship, unless that's been imparted at a local church level, it's really impossible for someone to replicate, they can't give away something they don't have. And so we really need to rethink about the focus of pastoral ministry, first for those that are already in it, and secondarily for those who are going to be in it. That if you are a pastor of any shape or form, if you're a senior pastor, a lead pastor, you're a pastor on staff somewhere, uh, whatever it is, if, if that's your title, then your job, first and foremost, is make disciples. And uh, this has gotten lost in the cultural uh, kind of incrustation of what ministry has become. And so we need to redefine the pastoral task. And when we do that, what happens is our church begins to change because what we do as ministry begins to change. The focus isn't just on maintaining Uh, or kind of chaplaincy services for those who attend or are members of a church, but rather we are actively seeking to make disciples of Jesus both inside uh, our church community and for those who are outside. There's always going to be an outreach to make new disciples. And that happens in the context of the relationships that we've talked about uh, in the past. But we need to understand that the pastoral task is to make disciples who then make more disciples. You know, we wonder why no one is engaged in, in, in evangelism and no one's engaged in disciple-making. It's because we're not engaged in it ourselves. And we aren't working to prepare them to be engaged in that. You know, one of the other great passages about pastoring is in Ephesians 4. And it says this, starting in verse 11, the Apostle Paul speaking to the church in Ephesus. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So it's really inter- interesting is the shepherd teacher, the hyphenated role uh, in Greek, of the one who guides and the one who instructs. And so basically the whole idea of a leader in the New Testament is a spiritual parent uh, the word for leader often reflects kind of the trail guide that you're you're the one who's experienced and you're leading that person to the next place in Christ. And so as we do that, the the word equip means to provide that which is lacking to make complete. And so in that, our job is to help people become complete in Jesus. And as they are equipped or made complete, what happens then is that the body is able to self-care, self-feed, uh, uh, self-correct. It builds itself up in love. So when you equip the individual saints, you are actually equipping the entire body to move forward into disciple-making ministry. And so, you know, it's it's really important that we understand that it's holistic. That. The development of a person, the discipleship of a person is not just, you know, 101, 201, 301, 401 kind of classes about Jesus stuff. But it's that life that's on the way where we're engaged in a developmental process with people for their whole being. It's not just, um, you know, teaching them things about God, but helping them to integrate that into their life. And so there is this on the way as you go in going from here, discipleship process that really reflects and echoes um, Deuteronomy 6, uh, the Shema, hero Israel, the Lord, your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord, your God with all your heart and all your mind, and all your strength. And then, you know, Moses goes on to tell people like you have to teach your children this as you get up, as you go out, as you come in. You know, as you sit at the table, wherever, discipleship has to happen. It has to be integrated into life. And so the pastor has to be engaged with the lives of people. Now, honestly, depending on the size of your church, there's a limitation of what you can do. And depending on your role within a pastoral team, there's a limitation of what you do. It's just a natural limitation. It's designed that way. And that's why we need each other. That's why I think... Uh, kind of multiple bivocational bi- or volunteer staff in a church is essential. Uh, kind of the, the single senior pastor kind of org, uh, you know, uh, organizational approach to church is just, it's just limited. It's death. So we need to multiply out leaders who can make disciples. So we need disciple-making leaders, disciple-making pastors. And so as we, we start to redefine this, Then the ministry of the church begins to focus on things like uh, helping people understand the word, on uh, how to study the word, how to pray, how to navigate relationships, how to worship God, how to engage in sharing, uh, you know, their their faith story with other people. How do we get them, uh, you know, you know, into wholeness? What does inner healing look like? What is processing forgivenesses? What is coming out of Various addictions and bondages. That's all equipping. That's all discipleship. Uh, helping people recover from traumatic events and, and divorce. That's that's not just a class. That's discipleship, and that requires one-on-one uh, interaction with people. And now again, you're going to have a limit to the number of people you can interact with. And so, if you're a senior pastor, you kind of need to think like Jesus. You know the three, twelve, seventy-two. And then the crowds, and so to me, the crowds are Sunday morning, whatever the size is. And then the next is those those first year leaders who are are developing, or leaders who are becoming, you know, the disciples who are becoming leaders. That's kind of the seventy two, and again, it could be your could be your forty, or it could be your twenty, and then you know the twelve, those who are really kind of your 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 main leaders, uh, people you know that are. Are holding leadership functions within the body. And then, you know, you're three, or maybe it's your one or your two, but, you know, you're Peter, James, and John. Who are the people that are at your right hand helping you in this ministry? And, you know, who are your spiritual sons and daughters, your spiritual children that you're raising up? So, with that, when you're able to multiply yourself out into people through discipleship, you're then able to facilitate more people being discipled through them. And so it's that level of engagement that has to happen. And so we, you know, I've talked about this in many places and written about this many times, but we need to focus small. We need to focus on those who are going to have the most impact for the kingdom. Not the people we like, not the people who are buddies or our friends in the church, but the people who are really going to kick it up for Jesus. The people who are all in, they're devoted to Christ, his church, and his mission. They're paying the price. And whatever whatever level of uh, formation they have, you're seeking to take them to the next level. And so what it does is it reorients everything in your church. It stops being about maintenance. It stops being about chaplaincy. It's, it's now about seeing people grow and mature in Christ and become disciple-making disciples, disciple-making leaders, and then pastors who can disciple and lead others. This is the kind of pastoring we need to embrace. And we need to allow it to change the ecclesiology or our understanding of what church is. And so as you redefine your task, you can change what your church thinks church is. And a lot of stuff begins to cascade. Now, it's gonna take you a number of years to see this happen in an existing church. Church planters, if you start out with a disciple making process, then you're going to encode that in the DNA of your church. So as a, as a church planter, you're focusing on personal relational evangelism and discipleship of those that know Jesus and those who are about to. That's where you focus and that encodes it in your church from day one. Now, don't ever leave that. Don't ever get sucked into the, the cultural church stuff. That wants you to, to do stuff that doesn't work. <laughs> really, folks, if, if if what we did worked, America would be saved. If money was the issue, America would be saved. And, and it's not because we don't know what we're doing. We aren't making disciples. We've made a lot of church people, and some of them may be saved. A lot of them may be saved, but few of them are disciples. And that's our fault. That's our problem. We did that. And so we need to bust out of that and we need to redefine the pastoral task as one of disciple maker and one who makes disciple making leaders. And ultimately, someone who raises up other pastoral leaders to pastor in churches or to church plants. And as we do that, we have to think about uh, as pastors that we have an open-ended leader development system. In other words, uh, you can go on and do something greater than what I do uh, in what God has called you to, and I'm going to facilitate you getting there. And it might not be within the church I pastor. And if that's the case, we need to be okay with that. We need to we need to mobilize people. And, and my wife, Kathy, and I have, have developed more than 40 people to credentialed ministry through our churches and five churches in the past 30 years. And those people are all over the place doing different things. And so we're good with that. And we're excited about that because we've multiplied ourselves and some of them are having fantastic impact in the kingdom of God. In fact, all of them are, but uh, some of them are, are doing it at a level that, that might be considered to be more than what we've done. So we're excited about that, and we want to have that open-ended leadership development system because the body of Christ needs more pastors, but it needs a different kind of pastor. So figure out who around you needs to be discipled. Figure out those around you who are being discipled need to become leaders who are disciple-making leaders and figure out who needs to be a pastor. Like, who's called to be a pastor? Uh, you can see it, you know, in in uh, the sense of the discerning of spirits, the Holy Spirit can show you, as well as you can see the natural traits uh, around that. And so your goal is to disciple them, bring them to wholeness in Christ, so that God can do through them what uh, he wants to do. So I encourage you this week to think about the fact that We need to redefine the pastoral task. You need to think about what you do and get rid of the stuff that doesn't make disciples and focus in on those things that does. So, God bless. Have a great week. We'll be back again next week with the next part in this Urgent Needs series. God bless.